This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want something else to get me through this semi-charm kind of life. Baby, baby, I want something else. I'm not listening when you say goodbye. Do, 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 What a stunning song. That is Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind, a band that I also loved. And where were we when we were listening to this song? Well, it was the year 2010, I can tell you that much. And I'm going to jog our little memories about what was going on in the blockbuster world, the movie world in 2010, the top movies of 2010, to just jog our little memories. Um, For starters, the comedies of 2010 were obviously the other guys, the action movie starring Mark Wall. Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, Grown Ups, a classic Adam Sandler flick, Get Him to the Greek, uh, Due Date, The Fort, or what was this one? Oh, no, this is a spoof movie that I don't know about, Little Fockers, which we loved, um, and of course, Hot Tub Time Machine, one of my personal favorites. And then how can we forget 127 hours okay the debt leap year salt you know I don't know if 2010 was a good year for movies now that I'm reflecting on all of this and that's okay we can't always have banger years and you know what 2010 I don't think was a banger year for Hollywood and that's fine because you know who it was a banger year for my guest today my guest was in Garden City Long Island and my guest is Gabe Malika Gabe oh it's so nice to be here thank you for having me this is the best oh fabulous time I'm thrilled to have you Um, I'm so happy to have you on on the show because I have not seen your live show yet, but I am told it is a lot about your your uh, inability to have friends. It's true. It's kind of like it's I I talk about how like I have these bros and I make a distinction between having bros and having friends. And I kind of start the show by being like, actually, like, I don't know anything about my guy friends at all, except that Mm. they like Adam Sandler movies. Mm. And so when you said grown ups, I was like, yeah, that did come out. That was a big night for us. Well, the (laughs) thing is, I read all those movies and I'm like, what was the 2010 movie banger? Like, I don't I don't really know. I I, I mean, the backup plan, I guess, was on there. Yeah, it's weird because there was no internet. Mm -hmm. The internet wasn't as popular. So like movies were like still huge. You know, you'd still like go in a giant group of friends. I was like a big part of the culture. And when there's not great movies, you're like, oh, that's weird. 
Well, I want to know what the Oscar movies were in 2010. Hold on. Oh, yes, this, this is, is a great question. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. This this is actually some pretty some decent ones, but like, okay, so we have King's Speech. Oh yeah, oh yeah, great Who movie. Ince- Inception, great uh-huh. movie. Saw in a the theater, s- sure. The Social Network, also great movie. That should have won in retrospect, I think. I think people are really high on that one. I like it, too. Did the King's Speech win? I think the King's Speech won. And then there was Alice in Wonderland, God of Love, Toy Story 3, In a Better World, which I never saw, Uh uh, Tuba Atlantic. I don't know. Uh, Missed it. Um, Was having fun. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, these are like all of them. These are all the people. Maybe that was the best foreign Film. Oh, that was the oh, best sure. short. That was the best short film. Mm. So I guess best picture nominees are just King's Speech, Inception, Social Network, Alice in Wonderland, uh, and Toy Story. Wait, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> you know what's weird? In high school, I saw a lot of movies, but then in college, I felt like I was just obsessed with being in college. So I, mm. it's like a cultural black hole. And then you get out of college, you have all this free time. And that's when I started watching movies again because I was like, oh, I'm alone. I just like need stuff to I need to be part of the culture again. Yeah, 100%. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm backing it up. In 2010, we actually had some really good movies. Sorry, and then we can move on. I just, (laughs) I I, I harp on the details here. (laughs) Best picture in 2010. Now we're saying this this was actually great. The Hurt Locker won. Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, An Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, A Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. Okay, now we're talking. Now we're up and up in the air. What a what a combo. Oh, both what great. A different, combo. very different. <laughs> God, anyway, so while up and up in the air were coming out, I guess probably <laughs> more when you were a freshman in college, but yeah. what were you like in high school? What was the vibe in high school? What was your high school like? What was going on with you? Tell me everything. I think I went to a pretty like uh, like normal high school, almost like uh, like suburban, like when you picture in TV, um, like clicks, like bros, jocks, theater, theater, totally. weirdos, nerds, like cheerleaders, that kick line football. Mm. And I really What's tried. Kick line? kick line is like the cheerleaders who can actually dance. Oh, <laughs> and, and, it's and like they were competitive. Yeah, it's but they Got also it. perform at halftime. But like they like do real things. Love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they, those are like rival clicks kind of. Uh, and I started, you know, I was always like a little bigger. And so I was always kind of sensitive about my weight. And so I started high school being like, I'm going to play football and that's going to get me all the girls and I'm going to finally belong. And I kept joining football and quitting after like two days. Cause I just like, don't want to push people. Yeah. It's like, it kind of stinks. And so, I was, so I kept joining and quitting. So I started high school being like, I'm a failure. I'll never find my place. And I kind of learned pretty early on that I could sing. And freshman year of high school, they put me in like the 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 varsity choir kind of deal. Wow, and kind of varsity early on, choir. You had a I JV know. choir. We, yeah, they didn't call it that, but that's basically what it was. It was the chamber choir. And kind of early on, I was like, oh, I'm a tenor, and I'm in the school musicals. And I kind of like found my people. Mm-hmm. But so I was definitely a theater kid and a music kid. I could singing was like the thing I focused on more than like the acting, I guess. But I think even once I found that, there was still a part of me that was like, but maybe I could still play football. Like, maybe I could still right. be cool. Because <laughs> were the football players the cool people in your high school? 
it felt that way to me. And maybe right. that's just because I grew up watching movies and like, I'm a little bit of a sensitive cliche kind of person, but mm. I told somebody recently, I was like, I started high school. I was like, I just want to run out into the field and the band is playing and the cheerleaders are there. And somebody was like, I think you just wanted to be in the band. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I eventually did join the band. So I did find my people, but it was just a very painful kind of embarrassing way to get there. What uh, did you end up playing in the band? I was a trumpet player. Ooh, okay. It was fun. Yeah, band kids are fun, man. I didn't know that right away. I mean, I just associate band kids with American Pie movies and associate them with being like horny. It's not wrong. They're some of the horniest people on the planet. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was did great. You, how? So when did you join band? I joined in 10th grade. Mm. End of freshman year, I was like, I think I want to I want to join the band. And that's when you meet, you know, I was a sophomore who hung out with seniors. You know, I was one of those kids. And I was like, I have friends who can drive. And so I had I, I talk about this in the solo show, which is like I had these uh, these bro friends. And then I had my musical theater friends and they did not understand each other and they did not like each other. And so I kind of lived this like weird double life where I was like, I have mm. these idiots that like we like flick each other's balls. And then I have these people that like want to listen to Sondheim musicals and Wicked and Les Mis and shit. And so but, I always kind of like snuck between both groups, you know, I think what those people don't realize is their Venn diagrams actually like do come together more than they would think, because at the end of the day, everybody wants their balls flicked, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were flicking lots of stuff in either group. Yeah. Um, and it was fun when they would overlap. They'd be at like 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 an opening night of one of my shows or something and just like i'm like oh i love both of these groups but they 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 didn't know they had a lot in common i was like their translator right right where you're like let me decode these cultures for you yeah yeah because they were they were like two two packs of dogs who didn't understand each other they sniffed and turned away how did you make friends with upperclassmen when you were a sophomore I think being in that choir was kind of fun. And, you know, they always need boys. It's such yeah. an advantage to be in the performing arts. Like my sister could also really sing. And like there was just so much more competition for to be yeah. an alto. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I think right away they were like, oh, this guy like can get parts in musicals. And I, it was mostly through it was mostly through pure talent. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, <laughs> and it should be that really it is. It's pure, raw, unfiltered talent. It's unquestionable yeah. excellence. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, this guy's got to go to NYU. You know, we got to send him away now. There, and did you end up going there? <laughs> no, I went to a liberal arts college. I don't think I could have handled NYU. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you a good student? You know what's funny? I was so fo I was like a professional extracurricular activity kind of kid. Mm. So like I, I ended up going to Hamilton College, but it was not because of my grades. They were right. like, ooh, all state choir and like kind of good grades. Like, all state you ever see Rushmore? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I made the all-state choir. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What does being all-state for choir entail? I, you do like you perform a solo and sight read and stuff like that, and they give you a score out of a hundred. And what if was you your get a solo? I it's some like opera kind of piece. Um, you sing an aria. The, yeah, you sing an aria, and then you get a score. And if you get a hundred, you might get it. So I got a hundred. And then they send you to this, like, basically like a week long rehearsal slash concert thing in Rochester. So it was me and like 35 other tenor ones in this giant mixed chorus. And the choir, the choir is like amazing. It's like the best voices in the world, all kind of like in a room together, kind of like, like checking each other out, you know? 
Um, that's a that's, horny week too. Not for me, but for other people, I'm sure. That's crazy. So, yeah. so you were just like singer extracurricular legendario. Yeah, definitely legendario. And like, didn't care like sophomore year when I was hanging out with seniors, my grades took a noticeable dip. And then junior year, I was like, Oh, actually I want to go to like a school that I could be proud of. And so mm. I like, got my shit together. Um, That's good. Like, tried. Yeah, I needed to. Because, and those seniors were gone. So I had more free time. Um, so I got into school. But like, again, the grades were like, oh, like, we'll let him kind of like slide. And it was not because of them. What else? So what else did you do besides sing and be an all state <laughs> singer? Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot. I did like community theater. Um, so like real, like, like community people would in the community would write a play and then they just like steal the music, you know? So like Love the song that. of the musical would be piano man and just people in town, just like going nuts. I love, I really do love community theater. Like it's I beautiful. think it's, I think it's really cathartic for all of these people because I think that like the reason why so many people want to be actors is because it's like, yeah, I want the opportunity to not be me for like <laughs> yeah. a chunk of my life. You know, yeah. I want the opportunity to to be me, not being me. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, community yeah, yeah. theater grants people the opportunity to do that. Totally. We And in America, you kind of like we live in this like American Idol kind of culture where it's like, this is my thing and this is what I do. There's not a lot of like space, I don't think. To just be like, on the side, I write music. On the right. side, I play the guitar and theater in particular, and especially in New York. There's no community theater in New York City, really. Um, well, but I on the also, suburbs, you can find these nice things. I also think that because we live in such a deranged uh, capitalist country that no one come for me. I fully take part in this uh, oh, fucking wheel. Yeah. But... I think a lot of the time we constantly think that like whatever our hobby is, we still need to figure out a way to monetize it. So yeah, it's like, course. so it's like, okay, well like, yeah, I want to write music, but like I should, I should, after I write this music, I should figure out a way to uh, like sell a song, write a song, you know, like that's what I like do all of this stuff that then just turns it into another avenue to make money. Like nothing is, nothing feels pure yeah no and you go like i've spent a little bit of time in ireland and i have these irish friends that like have day jobs very secure in them and they'll just do plays and i'm like i don't really know people in america who like write their own plays put them on and i i admire that i it's like is that what people in vermont do i don't really know I don't but know. it sounds kind of nice <laughs> honey take me there take me there take me to your leader <laughs> take um, me there yeah so you didn't play any sports. You were already. I did guy. like I did community theater kind of sports, you know, like for the town. Yeah. Just to like like with my mean? with my bros. Like so like I never made like varsity baseball. Right. But like the town would have a league and basically like, oh, the football players who don't play a sport in the fall, they'll play baseball for the town. So you just like once or twice a week, there's no real practices. Um, and, and so I got to still play the town. Yeah. Is this like for, you know, broader garden city or is this like, like, and also can anyone of any age group play or is it also fellow high schoolers? It's fellow high schoolers, but I think it was like ninth and 10th grade. There's like a ninth and 10th grade league with like six or eight teams and then an 11th and 12th grade league. And it's like real chill. Like the actual good athletes, like don't try that hard. 
And right. the people like me were like, oh, this is my chance to to like cosplay as a guy who can play baseball, which is fun. It was fun. It's yeah, it was it was very low key. I, I, mi- I miss it very dearly because there was kind of no pressure. Right. I mean, I guess that's why people now if you're like in New York, you can join one of those, you know, kickball leagues or softball leagues or something. Oh, of the yeah. Sort. Well, I was a, I, a couple. I don't want to brag too much, but a couple of comics. We joined Equinox and there's like wow. an Equinox comics basketball league. I know things are not going that well. I really can't afford it. But I we just play, canceled and, my Equinox, actually. So did I. <laughs> I got to afford this run. <laughs> um, but I play in this comics league, too, with like Jake Head and, and all these people. And people are like, oh, that's so fun. You play basketball with comedians like you see cool people who like get on SNL and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's actually not that fun because everyone takes it way too seriously. <laughs> it's intense. It's like yeah. it's I think, again, I think like winning at a sport is also something that's like very primal, you know, mm, especially for all these like, oh, I have feelings. I'm going to do like comedy and, and be sensitive. And then it comes out and you're like, I, oh, like you're kind of a douche. Like, it's I actually, like a wrath. Not, yeah. I know. Don't totally. let, don't let the comedy sensitivity fool you. I know. I know because they're all killers. <laughs> they all they all want to squash everyone. Um, did you have a relationship in high school? I did. Do you want to hear? <laughs> I, I I dated three different women. I dated a girl in tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade. None of them very long. But tell like, me the dating. sagas. Tell me the sagas. So, so you're gonna love this. So afterwards, this is. I swear this is true. Afterward, after I dated each one of them, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, they all went on to date the same guy. What? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's a big joke of my like show. Like in it's your hilarious. school? In or? my school. A person I knew. Yeah. Just kind of coincidence. But by the time the third one happened, it was like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. Were so, what? Were, were you, are you similar to this person? Not really. Like I'm kind of, I'm like five ten. So like it, in my high school, that was like not short. And he's like, like five or six inches shorter than me. And I'm Italian. He's Greek. He kind of like, doesn't look like me at all. Like he's, he's real thin, a runner. Um, and we kind of like vibe, like we would, before that we would kind of hang out and periodically throughout high school, like I'd talk to him and like, he's an easy person to talk to. And we got along, we weren't like soulmate best friends or anything, but I, I, I could see what they saw in him, but it was just by, um, by comparison, it was like very bizarre. Did it upset you or did you not care? You know what it, it, I think it upset me at the time, particularly the third one upset me at the time. Cause I found out like on a school trip to Disney world or something. And oh, it was like, this God. is sad. Wait, your uh, school would take you to Disney world. But with the, they would take the band kids. Yeah. <laughs> band kids get spoiled rotten. What was that yeah. like? Oh, it was amazing. It was like, and what I didn't realize at the time was like, Oh, this is what college is. You just are away for three days, dicking around all day, playing a couple concerts. Um, it was so fun. I mean, it was kind of ruined because I found out that the third girl in a row had, had left me for the same guy. Was um, she in band as well? She was in band. Yeah. A drummer, cool oh, drummer girl. Damn. Uh, well, you're going to love this. So my senior year, I, I got sick. I went to the hospital. I was fine, but I got a, what'd one you of get my, sick with? Th- I had a hole in my stomach. They don't know what caused it. One day I just like had a, I know it was crazy. Like so in I'm your in the hospital stomach for- lining? Yeah. Between my large intestines and my small intestines is like a little muscle. And they were like, we don't know what, like you made have swallowed a pin. Like it was one of those like weird, like freak accident things. So I was in the hospital for a week 
and my, my buddy, Sean wrote me a, a card in the hospital and he goes, don't fall in love with your hospital bed because Tom is going to take that too. And I laughed so hard because like, he was just like ripping on me. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. What a, what a smart and witty friend. Yeah. And I had staples in my stomach, so I couldn't really laugh. And I laughed a lot and it really hurt, but it was worth it. <laughs> Did this girl break your heart? I think at the time she did. And like with any retrospect whatsoever, like I still like her. Like she, uh, I did local TV the other day. I was on Pix 11 and she sent me a message that just said, well, it's not New York one. So like, she'll still okay. reach out every once in a while and give me shit. So like, I do like her. And I think at the time I was like upset cause I was 18 and had no, um, no understanding of like the emotions in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It was very lonely, but now I'm like, whatever, it's all good. Uh, Were you one of those teenagers where everything felt so big to you? Oh yeah. I was so dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) Were you dramatic also? Oh my God. I was like a tortured, (laughs) emotional fucking soul. Like, where did uh, you grow up? DC. Okay. Okay. I was like, an anxiety riddled uh sweet little thing that just wanted to be loved so badly and like oh and like heartbreak and being lovesick and like just boy in in hindsight i was boy crazy and like i i it wasn't in a way that i think boy crazy girls are shown in media like Mm -hmm. i was like (sighs) do you watch euphoria I, I don't, but my mom does. So I kind of get mom recaps. That's really funny. Like, yeah. I have such a tender spot for Sydney Sweeney's character in that show because she's just such a fucking, like, love, like a lovesick girl who will, like, do anything for these people with, like, self esteem issues. And even though I didn't project that, I projected a lot of confidence. Um, mm. I definitely had my, I was so emo. Like, I was so emo. Interesting. Would, like, mixed CDs for boys, hidden messages, that type of shit? Um, n- not, I don't know if they were hidden messages. I think it was <laughs> pretty overt when I was, like, sending, when I was making, like, love songs or like whatever or making a mix CD that was just trying to like appeal to their personality and shit that they told me they liked you know it's so funny I dated a girl once and I was like after we broke up I was like actually I hate country music I don't want to do this anymore I can't believe on my alone time she's in my head I hate this I mean I definitely had a moment where I was like do I like the flaming lips like I don't know (laughs) you know um it's it's funny when yeah when you make when you make concessions for people that that you love and especially when you're a teen oh yeah yeah it feels so everything's gigantic and Were you having every, sex everything feels like a school? sign oh yeah uh, I had sex the most hilarious number of times in high school which is once that's good. <laughs> It was good. It prepared me. It was just enough to be like, okay, I think I know how this works. You did it. Was yeah. it with the? Was it with your it, senior girlfriend? Yeah, it was with number three. Yeah. Damn. I know. Which was like, it was a sign. We're connected. Like nothing's more special than this. And in retrospect, I, I, it's kind of nice to to do it with somebody who you like, like, yeah, and respect. 
and it didn't work out. Like it's, I think it's better than 98% of the first time stories that I've, that I've ever heard. Absolutely. I, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, having sex in high school, like, were you one of those people that did you, did you like your body in high school? <laughs> Don't like it now. I um, know. I mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not like it. Um, yeah. And I, I think it took me a lot of, honestly, this is like, people are like comedy therapy. And I'm always like, relax. Comedy is not therapy. Therapy is therapy. Yeah. But I think comedy can be therapy can be ther- or comedy can be therapeutic in the sense that one day I was writing and I was just like, oh, I think I just wanted to play football because it would make my like body that I thought was too big, like useful. Yeah. They'd yeah, be like, yeah. Oh, Gabe, you stand in front of the handsome quarterback and block people. And then right. we don't hate you for being overweight. It's cool. Yeah. Then your uh, body becomes a tool. Yes. Yes. And I would yeah. be loved for, for my body. So no, I didn't, I didn't love it. And in retrospect, you know, those, I think everybody feels this way where you look back on the, the times when you hated your body and you're like, Oh, I looked amazing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There were so many moments in high school where now I look back I mean, I I wore some questionable fashions, but like I can still I can look back to shit I wore last year and be like, what the fuck were you wearing then? So that yeah. might just be a lifelong journey for me. But like there are of moments course. where I'm like, no, Greta, you had you looked good. You had a good. If only you weren't so fucking nasty to yourself. Yeah, we got to be kinder to ourselves. I, I, I dressed really poorly for four years of high school and uh and then uh, we started wearing suits on Friday, senior oh, year. Oh, yeah. And and by the end of high school, somebody goes, somebody goes, oh, well, Gabe always dresses nice. He wears suits. And I was like, oh, you can just change your whole perception in like three weeks. <laughs> you uh, can just uh, become yes. a whole new person. <laughs> um, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we get back, I need to know what's going on with your bad fashion. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. back okay we need to circle back to you saying that you dressed terribly for four years because on this show we also love to talk a lot about high school style signature style what was the style what was so bad about it i love someone being self-proclaimed and saying they dressed like shit too yeah oh but not in not even in a cool way i think i'm such a homebody like my my nuclear family were all very close and like when kids would have style i'd be like 
you mean like your mom doesn't buy your clothes? Like, how do you even like get your own clothes? Like it just never right. occurred to me to, to go out and shop and buy right. nice flannels and stuff like that. So it was a lot of sweatpants buy nice and shorts. <laughs> I know that's my bar. I'm like, Jay, get a J yeah. credit card and grow up, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was a mess and I didn't know you could dress nice. And by the end of senior year, I'd wear like, I thought like a polo shirt was like, ooh, like I figured out fashion. Dress and for an artsy up. kid, like I was, I, I do a joke on my show recently because he's been in the news, but like everyone I hung out with, we all dressed like John Fetterman mm, yeah. shorts and a hoodie. That was like Absolutely. the vibe. That um, was very East Coast. That's very like East Coast boy, like a khaki cargo with some kind of, yeah, sweatshirt. Yeah, I think it was my way of being like, and I'm not proud of this, but I think it was my way of being like, yeah, I do musicals, but like I'm still straight, you know? And yeah, I, in yeah, retrospect, yeah. I wish I just dressed better. And was like had had a had a, an ounce of adult in me instead of just doing the laziest thing possible. Well, I do think that it has gotten better, a lot better. But like, there was a feeling of immense uh, homophobia against men just like doing theater at all or like being emotive at all uh, in yeah amongst millennials, and I'm sure before that as well. But I really felt like. You know, the theater boys had to be like, but we're but we're still masculine. Yeah, it and I and I I I regret that. I w- in college, I think I I leaned into it a bit more, but like in high school, like I just wish I didn't have to have to project that level of like masculinity or whatever. You can just like like Sondheim musicals; it's fine. I, <laughs> if you're I listening to this, just love them. It's fine. Well, for me, I was always like, that's so hot. I was like, any. <laughs> Any guy that like knows about theater is like so hot or movies or music or something. I, I thought that oh, was that's like, cool. Well, I always thought that was a sign of like intellect. Do you know what I mean? Oh, interesting. I wish I had known that in high school that women would be into that stuff, because I think I just like didn't know that like you can just be yourself and people will hook up with you. Yeah, <laughs> people, think will, people will like you. It's such yeah. a shock. I yeah. mean, we're hardwired to have so much shame when we're teens that like yeah. it's so funny because we're we're simultaneously like so shameful and self-deprecating while also having confidence that sometimes I'm like, wish I could find now. Mm. Yeah. There's a boldness. Yeah. There's almost like a, you have nothing to lose or maybe you don't know the full scope of the world because your world seems it's in such a bubble for so long that like, the world hasn't like beaten you down quite yet or something. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have that naiveness in me where I'm like, when people were mean to me about doing musicals, I was like, but they're great. <laughs> yeah. You're like, why? Like sometimes yeah. a genius. Like, yeah. 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 What's the problem? Yeah. But then I, you know, I took them seriously and I was yeah. like, Oh, that hurt my feelings. And then like, I got beat down, you know, did you drink in high school? I did. Yeah. Was it a big party vibe? What was going on? You know, it was sophomore year. I think I dabbled because of the senior. I basically right. had a senior year, sophomore year kind of deal. Yeah, I did and too. Then, I was friends with seniors and I was a sophomore. It's the coolest. You feel They're, like the big man on campus. And no one's ever been older than the class of 08. I, I hold the class of 08. In a, I see them now and I'm like, you guys are so cool. <laughs> That's my year, honey. Oh, oh, my God. It's an honor to be in your presence, truly, because <laughs> seniors 08, man, that, they, those guys, no, those guys fucked. Those guys are cool. <laughs> 
Um, so you guys drank and partied even though you were still taking very seriously your singing and performance career. Yes, but I did not smoke because I was one of these annoying people that was like, um, my voice is my instrument. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't damage her. Yeah, yeah, she she needs to be able to shine because Absolutely. this is my scholarship. Yeah, I mean, you were probably right. Like you were right in doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was right to a point. I think the self-seriousness is a thing that I hope I've let go of a little bit. Um, where it's like, you can have a cigarette. It's not going to ruin your, you like, <laughs> you'll, Did you'll you ever to, yeah, then you meet Broadway. I would get drunk and smoke a cigarette every once in a while. Very, very rarely, extremely rarely. But then you Ooh. meet Broadway actors every once in a while and you see them and they're just all ripping cigs. And you're I like, know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't get it. Also, some singers, like some pop stars rip cigs and yeah. like can fully sing. I was definitely I was a cigarette smoker in high school and I thought it was so cool. Oh. And I thought it made me so mysterious. I bet and- it did. <laughs> In hindsight, I think I just looked stupid. Like now when I see. uh, okay, let let me clarify something, Please, please. I think cigarettes are still to this day and will for always and ever be cool. I am of the I am of the school of thought that like those are the old movies that I watch from like James Dean to glamour to like being a glamorous like you know Catherine Hepburn like whatever what why are you yelling at me Tevi I always thought thought cigarettes were cool I'm here to say they're not cool I don't condone smoking cigarettes my mom died of lung cancer I'm not promoting them but I'm saying they look cool okay and you should watch the movie Thank You for Smoking because it's mm. all about the power of marketing around us thinking it's cool. <laughs> but my broader point is now when I see people smoking cigarettes with my adult eyes, especially <laughs> if I see k- teen smoking, I'm like, you look fucking dumb. I'm like, yeah. you all look dumb. To me, anyone that smokes now, I'm like, you look fucking stupid. Yeah, and it's the vape thing, man. Oh, no, the vape thing is just... Even worse. Even worse. But, like, it's so crazy how there was a flip, you know, where I was just like, it used to be cool, and now I'm just like, ugh, don't smoke, teens. Yeah, I wouldn't do it now. vape. Oh, you're vaping? That's so fucking lame. I even think it's lame when people, like, vape pot. I'm like, if you want to smoke pot, (laughs) smoke flour. Yeah, because it's cool. Smoking pot is actually cool. Seth Rogen made a whole damn company because he's like, this is actually kind of fun. Seth Rogen doesn't vape, honey. Seth Rogen's rolling J's. And he's got credits. Yeah, and he's got credits. (laughs) He's successful. No, I I mostly just wish that someone would have been like, will you stop smoking cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like everyone's in a while when I would drink, I would be like, I would have the impulse to. And then in college, we would watch Casablanca. Oh, and see, we'd this just, is what just be I'm like, saying. we gotta rip a cig, man. Uh, he looks this so cool. This is what cool. I mean. It's, <laughs> it's like Bogart. always that like brooding, like... Uh, uh, I, I mean, gonna uh, leave. Grease. Uh. 
Greece yes, is also was- like who was hotter than Olivia Newton John in Oof. Greece when like they're like don't be good at school don't care about your grades <laughs> don't care about your health just like become a bad girl and smoke cigarettes and that imprinted on me and I was like well of course I want to be her you know yeah oh she's she's incredible in that incredible. and I was in Gre- Greece senior year was our musical so I- <laughs> God. Now I'm going to have a bunch of teens smoke if they listen to this show being like, well, Greta said smoking cigarettes was cool. <laughs> yeah. Don't clip this out of context. <laughs> um, do you have like a quintessential high school story that sticks out in your mind? Yeah, I think I mean, certainly the th- the three dating three women who all went on to date the same guy was like a prolonged one. Well, that's very formative. Um, yeah, that's a big one. But I would say. I think getting I think getting cast in Little Shop of Horrors freshman year. Were you Seymour? No, I was Mr. Mushnick. Okay, that's a great, Um, great part. Are you an NYU person? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. My my friend Liam Bingham, who's like a musical theater person who played Seymour. And he uh, but like I was a freshman and like I was kind of big. And so to like to play an adult, you know, I was that was one of the places where it's like, oh, your 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 big body's kind of useful because you're playing this like large Jewish man. That's um, very funny. And I'll never forget. This is like such a you know, you're you know, you're an actress and a star. You understand this. There but we like go. I was doing I was singing and I opened my mouth to sing. And I just remember the music director, his head was like kind of like leaned like this. He's like playing the notes on the piano. And I start to sing. And I'll never forget his head just like popped up. He was like, oh, I'm listening. And that moment I was like, oh, my, like I have it. I'm going to be the coolest kid at school. You have a gift, babe. <laughs> yeah. So what, I'll never so forget it. When, with the singing. Were you like, I want to go into musical theater? Like when when you left high school, what was what was your who did you think you were going to be? That's a that's an incredible question, because I ended up not doing like the musical theater audition circuit, which I thought I was going to do for a long time. Uh, my choir director had gone to Davidson College, yes, which is yep. like a liberal arts college. And he was like kind of like who I admired the most. And what I liked about him is that he studied music, but it was at a liberal arts college. So he like had all these other interests. He was like, I want to write and learn about religion and learn about take a math class. And I like really bought into that whole like liberal arts thing. I mean, so I was like, I'm going to. I think there's value there. Yeah, I think it was the right impulse, especially because I pivoted very quickly after college. Yeah. uh, To writing and comedy and stuff. So I was I felt prepared where if I had gone to a conservatory, that might not have been the best place for me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to learn. I'll major in music at Hamilton College and then I'll figure out something else. You know, like I'll do government or I'll do writing. And I basically ended up majoring in acapella and hanging out with Michael Breslin. Uh, that is our, our so, mutual friend. <laughs> I did not even know that an acapella major was even. Oh, it's a not real, thing. but it's just what I spent all my time. I was there like 15 hours a week <laughs> with them. You know, acapella, I tried to get into the acapella group, got rejected, I think. And then I ended up being in my school's gospel choir, which was actually way more fun to sing in than acapella. What a bomb you're dropping 39 minutes in. I'm loving this. Um, (laughs) 
I love, I mean, I, I really wanted to be like my dream scenario for myself. And, yeah. and I had many, but one of them was I was like, I'm, I want to be a jazz vocalist as if oh, like, of course. this is again, me living in the fever dream that it could possibly <laughs> be like, you know, cotton club circa 19, yeah. what, 30s, 40s, 20s, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's no way to know. So it's just the delusion to be like, this is this is what I'm going to have one day. Sure. But I think that delusion helps us now. Like, I think now you need to be like just 10 percent delusional. And I think it's a good ingredient. So hold on to some of that because Honey, it helps us keep going. You need to be like 90 percent delusional <laughs> and 10 percent rooted in reality. Yes, <laughs> because the delusion okay. is what keeps the motor going every day. Because uh, yeah, you have to. You have to. Um, did you feel like you had good teachers? Did you feel like you had any teachers that squandered your dreams? Uh, no, I don't think they... I think I had good teachers. I feel very, very lucky to have had good teachers. I've definitely got bad advice sometimes. What was the um, worst advice a teacher's ever given you? I had a teacher one time tell me, if you ask for my advice, that means you have to take it. <gasps> Which I think is awful advice. I think it's it's. I think it's a sign of narcissism to say that to somebody. I'm going to start you saying say that it. to my friends. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, now it's, it's if you're saying it in jest, it's hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, but at the that's time I was 19 role. and impressionable, and like felt bad when I didn't then take that advice. Oh, well, uh, you and I should. Think it came from a place of love. But like, yeah, that's I think but that's bad did advice. It, I think you you should... know what I mean? The question is, did it come from a place of love? Uh, I think it came from a place of like this person thinking they were an expert about my life and not sure. just what they know. And you can be an expert in what you know, but you can't be an expert in somebody else's life. I mean, that's true. That is absolutely true. Um, knock, knock, knock. Is that a door knock I hear? Why, yes, it is. Welcome to the high school guidance counselor's office. I'm your high school guidance counselor. And in this section of the show, you get to rectify a wrongdoing of your past. You can say fuck you to someone. You can apologize to someone. You can do with this time what you will. And we cleanse your spirit and soul of any lingering trauma from high school so that you never have to think about it again. Fantastic. I love this. So you're ready for my story? You're, I'm you're ready for, for anything you want to hit me with. Oh, my God. So so this story first came up. I forgot about it after the lockdown. We'd all been in lockdown for a few, like a couple months. And then one night we all went to my buddy Nick's house and we just had like a 12 hour conversation. And during this 12 hour conversation, it came up one time that like we were kind of like between friends, and like the group had turned on Nick in this like one instance. And Nick like showed up at our friend's house to hang out. And I, in that scenario, I was like part of the group and not, not hanging out with Nick. And I, I remember, and Nick goes, and you said to me, I'll never forget it. You looked at me and you said, why are you here? And Nick's like my best friend in the world. He's kind of like who my show is about. And when he said that to me, I just felt like absolute shit. And I was 14 years old. And I, rem now that he says that I remember saying it and, oh, I regret it. And, oh, I wish I could have it back. And Nick knows I love him. And if you see my show, you also will learn of because the show i do now is about like a conflict that nick and i have um and then it's kind of about like redefining what male friendship is so the show is like a love letter to him but that's like a low point that isn't in the show but is in real life and oh, oh forgive, forgive yourself gabe it's okay <laughs> oh no it is okay you stayed friends and he stayed your best friend oh uh, he is he really is 
God, that's hard. But you know, when we're young little, young little whippersnappers out there, we also are trying to protect ourselves by doing things that make us feel like we'll stay in the good graces of the people we think are important. Right. So it's like your little self, even though you knew it maybe wasn't true, you were like, well, I also need to preserve my social standing Mm -hmm. and I need to protect myself So what does that look like? It looks like me tossing my best friend under the bus for a moment, but then I'll pick up the pieces and make sure we're all copacetic at the end of the day. Yeah. And and we've hashed that in real life, but I still think about it before I go to bed sometimes and I feel bad and you're going to love this, but he, Nick is a huge fan of yours. Oh, wow. He's so, he's so excited i'm on this podcast he must you. have good taste he does <laughs> well i mean it's i don't know I, I i the older i get the more tender i get toward our asinine decisions we make as mm. teens because we're so self-assured and yet so insecure and helpless at the same damn time you know what i mean yeah. And I think your exploration of that is, I think this is a nice platform for it. I'm I'm fascinated that you, because I, I had a podcast for a while during the pandemic where I interviewed people I went to high school with. And oh, I think, really? Yeah. It was really fun to catch up. And one of the moments I had with like a cool kid who's now doing music was I was like, well, I was in musicals. And he goes, you were? And it was such a relief to be like, oh, nobody knows what I was doing. Yeah, I had it all in my head. Nobody gives a shit. He was everyone, busy having fun. Yeah. Everyone was all in their weirdo own anxiety riddled hell of, you know, adolescent melodrama. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, even the cool kids, especially the cool kids have their gonna, own shit. Well, Let's look at Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> Hold on. I would just like to say <laughs> there were some cool kids where that was the coolest they will ever be in their life. And I oh, think yeah. that some of them really felt the lingering anxiety of knowing that that was the case. For sure. For like sure. some kids that kind of had that feeling once high school was done, like this is kind of as good as it's going to get for me. Yeah. Scenes from an Italian restaurant, Billy Joel kind of stuff. Truly my favorite (laughs) Billy Joel song. It's the best. Oh, God. Um, If you could go back in time and give your high school self any advice, what would it be? The the advice would be was dress better. But even if you don't, people will still fuck you. What was your like, (laughs) what was your worst outfit that you remember? Oh, God, I would I would show up to like auditions, like auditions. Love. In like a Hulk Hogan sweatshirt and like <laughs> shorts. Okay, but now that like is the fashion. So a, on, I'm going to be honest with you. A very pretty woman I went to high school with who honestly reminds me a lot of you. One time Ooh. was like, that Hulk Hogan sweatshirt is the best thing in the world and I want it. And I remember her saying that to me and being like, oh, like I'm cool. I dress well. But it was not a sign of dressing well. It was just a sign of like this shirt's are kind of, this sweatshirt's kind of goofy. Well, I think that like that stuff was really cool. I would have thought that was really cool because I was someone that like loved vintage stuff, loved Mm. stuff like that. Yeah, it kind of just had his white mustache, his white handlebar mustache on the chest. 
Do you and still then, have it? I think I still have it. I think I still have it. So okay, we don't throw anything else. <laughs> that sounds pretty great. That sounds like an amazing sweatshirt. It was, but it was giant and basketball shorts. Oh, every day I wore shoes that had the Mets logo on them. Like I couldn't even figure out cool shoes. Let's go Mets. You I know. know? Let's go Mets. Why not? Now, I Nowadays, I have that dude comedy writer thing where it's like, I'll dress kind of plain, but like I'll have cool shoes like Josh Gondelman, you know? There you go. And we love Josh Gondelman. A king. A king. Um, my husband is a huge Mets fan, so. Oh, fun. Oh, you get it. Okay. I very think cool. that he would be very pleased that you were wearing. I wear a Yankees hat and he's like, take that thing <laughs> off of your head. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And I'm like, OK, relax. I wear it because it looks cute. I'm not wearing it because I <laughs> know anything about the Yankees. <laughs> the last thing I know about the Yankees is literally Derek Jeter. And and a pop culture icon because and Joe DiMaggio was <laughs> another a Yankee? good one. Yeah, Marilyn yeah. Monroe. You know the you know the ones that get around in the pop culture scene, and I respect that. Thank you. That's and that's that's what matters to me: the pop culture scene. <laughs> um. Okay, so wait. The high school advice was dress better, but it doesn't matter because girls will still want to fuck you. I mean, the plight of being a straight man that can make a girl laugh is just. <laughs> It's a nightmare being in this body. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> no, but I think it's like a confidence thing. Like I like it, it, that's another like we don't have to only do plugs for the show, but that's another part about my show where it's like I have to like really like work myself up. Yeah. To, like tell somebody I like them. And I'm always like, oh, like she's out of my league. Like, and I think Fear that's all rejection is real. Fear of yeah. rejection is real. Yeah. And I've gotten better. And then, you know why it, it's it's tough in high school, too, because I think like. God, I asked so many like people out. That was such a big thing after school. And I think fear of rejection is so real, especially when you're like barking up the wrong tree. Oh, totally. It's like, like go to the right person and get rejected <laughs> because you'll like, it's just a better experience. I also think that asking someone out is a skill that you hone over time totally. as is rejecting people. That's also a skill you hone over time. Yes. 100%. Because... I remember there would be boys that would be into me and I genuinely would have no idea how to turn them down because I felt bad. And I think that I honestly would just end up leading a bunch of them on, which oh, yeah. was not good. But also that was me wanting to not be an asshole or something. I don't know, you know. Yeah, no, that's a delicate balance because like if you're somebody that like people are asking out, you have to like learn this skill, very this very graceful adult skill. Yeah. You're like, it's thrust upon you. And like, that's not fair either. It's like, no. oh yeah, <laughs> I've been asked out 10 times this year. I'm 15. This sucks. Where would you take girls on dates? Because uh, I'm, I'm are... also obsessed with teen dates. Like oh, I you're gonna... love being in New York or LA and going to fancy restaurants. Like... You know, I'm there with my fucking husband eating like a meal that we are so excited to eat because we've like worked for you've it or something. It. Yeah, and then yeah, I turn labored. and I literally see like 16 year olds on a date. Oh, yeah. I was a big there's like a restaurant in the middle of town, Leo's right on the corner. Mm. And I would take women there. It's like an overpriced bar, but like right in the middle of town. And you're going to love this freshman year. So I became I was like friends with people who are two years older than me so i didn't have a car mm -hmm. but i had i went on a date once to leo's 
And I got my friend who's two years older than me to literally chauffeur us, which is in <laughs> retrospect, like I owe him, I should just send him a very large check. You should I just send him a gift card to Leo's yeah. if it's still open. <laughs> oh, it's open. They're cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think honestly, I think there was a playlist involved, like a CD. I think that's where Semi-Charmed Life comes in. Was this the first girlfriend? This was number one. Yeah. Well, it worked. Yeah. She became it, your girlfriend. It's true. I wonder where Tom took her. What would you um, guys like? What would you guys eat? Would you like sit down and be like, I'll get a Coke and we'll have wings and waffle fries. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Very much the vibe. Probably a cheeseburger. Just like classic. I think we That's thought so we were funny. living in this like. It was like, almost like grease, but in sweatpants. I mean, I remember my senior year of high school. I went to this restaurant called The Boathouse in uh-huh. D.C. with my boyfriend. And I remember I would always order like salmon and rice pilaf uh, and yeah, iced tea. <laughs> so it's not soda. I know. Yeah. So yeah. stupid. Even in college, I remember like my dad would be like, here's a hundred bucks, take her somewhere nice, you know? And just like going to those, like, it was, my dad's the coolest. He would, I would, I would (laughs) like, my dad went to law school when I was in high school. So he was like between jobs, but like in college randomly, I would just like get a, get a letter in the mail and it would just be like a hundred dollar bill for my dad. He's he's adorable. Yeah. Oh, wow. Your dad was in law school while you were in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's we were both so students. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a weird financial time. You know, he wasn't working for some of it. Um, and then did he end up being a lawyer? He's a lawyer now. He used to work in horse racing. You're going to love this. He used to work in horse racing, and then he went to law school. And now, I swear to God, his job is horse lawyer. He's like a lawyer for like racetrack people. In like the sense of like gambling or like yeah like like if you own a racehorse my dad can help you like do the paperwork around it or like uh or like even just like racetrack people like because they move a lot and sell buy and sell houses my dad will like do the the law stuff for their like housing and stuff like that is there a big industry for that it is small but they all and they all know each other it's all the horse lawyers hang out yeah (laughs) That's crazy. It's real weird. And he works for himself because he like could never have a boss. He's just like always just like driving around on speakerphone, like taking calls. <laughs> but he was successful. He is successful. Yes. Yes. But by his very own kind of like goofy metric. But yes, he is successful. He doesn't he doesn't have to. He, he gets the comedy thing where he's like, oh, like you're trying to like get independence and do your own thing. Like that's what I've done my whole life. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's a beautiful thing. Um, Did you go to your senior prom? Oh, yeah, I did. Yes, I did. Um, I had a fun date, friend, um, year younger, Sherilyn, Mm -hmm. who I love. Mm -hmm. She's got kids Mm -hmm. now, huge Mm -hmm. fan, Mm -hmm. perfect, perfect choice, just like a sweet, wonderful person. Love it. What did you wear? Oh, you're <laughs> so I, I knew I wanted to wear all black mm-hmm. at this point. I had started to to at least formal attire understood. So I, I black undershirt, which very few people had all black and then a pink skinny tie. Ooh. So I had a, I had a look. There was a look. There was a vibe. Love that. Yeah. Um, God. Wow. I can't believe we're already at the end of the podcast. You've given me so much joy. Oh, get out of here. This, I still, is, the, this I'm is like still, the most fun. I'm still hung up on your dad being a horse lawyer. 
yeah, it's a fun phrase. People don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> I really don't. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's I'm weird. like horse racing. I immediately think degenerate gamblers. Yeah, well, that's how he got into it. He was in high school and he was just like a kid who would hang out at the racetrack. And he just started like working odd jobs at the racetrack. And that's how he got started. Does he love horses? He loves like the game. He's not like good with horses. Like if you like gave him a horse to walk around, he'd be like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. Like give it to a trainer. But he knows like it's very it's very old school. It's like an old school thing. Like it's literally like guys with stopwatches. Like they haven't like digitized anything. It's like very I Weird. just hope I just hope everyone treats the horses with humanity that, and respect. That is, and as, as I've gotten older, that's that's a big part of my dad's job, which is like making sure people do that. That's like oh, a big thing. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I should next time. Next time. What's your dad's name? Drew. Drew next time we're going to have Drew on. Drew's oh, going to come Drew, on. <laughs> that, this podcast would fly and you would not really get to talk very much, but I'm sure it would be fun. <laughs> Um, God, and my last question of the pod is, uh, what was your senior superlative? I was voted. I wanted most musical, but I did not get most musical. I was voted most theatrical. Okay. Okay. That to me, that's still, that still is good. Yes. I I was very, I was happy with it. And we had top threes. So I was number one, most theatrical and number two, most musical. Uh, We split the vote. My, my, my buddy, Chris and I split the vote. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. they all track. They, they, to me, I could have guessed them. They all track. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> my buddy Sean was voted most likely to be wandering the hallways and they couldn't, when they, they take a picture of the people who win. And when they came time to take his picture, they couldn't find him because he was wandering the hallways. It was actually kind of crazy. And it all comes full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Gabe, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This is a delight. This is my first HeadGum podcast. I can't tell you how many HeadGum podcasts I've listened to. So this is like kind of like the best thing ever. And you're a delight. Hopefully you can be on many, many more. Where can all of my gorgeous classmates find you and come and see your show? Yeah, just follow me at at Gabe Malika. I'm trying to build the old Instagram because the run is going well. And regardless, I think of whether when you listen to this, there will be a show for you. I'm going to do it again in New York and we're taking it on the road. We love it. We love a touring show. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you to everyone for listening. Um, I hope you have a fabulous week. And please remember to email us at class or email us for classmates corner, uh, senior superlatives pod at gmail.com. If you want to talk to the high school guidance counselor, because, you know, she wants to talk to you. And as I say every week, stay cool. Never change. Until next time. Ciao. That was a HeadGum podcast.